Matthew chapter 4, the problem in all of human existence is sin. That's the problem. That was the first problem that man ever had. And that's the first problem you've ever had, and the last one as well. And what we find in Matthew chapter 4 as we continue to go verse by verse through this book of the Bible together, we find that temptation is the avenue that gets you to the place of sin. Sin is all of our downfall, but temptation is the road that gets you there. So if I can never get on that road, or if I can stay off of that road, or if I can get victory, when that comes, then the sin won't be my downfall. And I'm glad we've got a hero in Matthew chapter 4. He's the hero that defeated temptation. And so he is the hero that is the answer for my life and your life to defeat temptation. He, he won victory over sin and victory over the devil and victory over the world. And I don't have the power to do that and you don't have the power to do that. But our hero has the power to do that. And so we, we need to look at what's going on with the hero of the hour and let him come on the scene of our lives and of our temptations. Because as I say... Sin is the downfall of every individual. Doesn't matter who you are, it will destroy you. And you see that that little idea of going down. I'm, I'm going to read through the text in just a second, but you notice in verse number three, the tempter tries to get get the Lord Jesus Christ to look down at the stone. And then the tempter takes the Lord Jesus Christ and brings him up to the holy city in verse 5. And he says, cast thyself down. And and that's, that's the ploy of the devil. He often wants to bring us up just to bring us down. That's what temptation does. It can... Get a good high in your life, but at the end of the day, it's going to bring you down. Jesus, look down at the stones. Don't look up to your father. Look down at these stones. Jesus, look look that. Cast yourself down. And then, in the last temptation that Satan brings to the Lord, he comes to him and he, he again takes him up to an exceeding high mountain again. Take him way up because he's trying to get him down. He takes him to, up to exceeding high mountain, shows him all the kingdoms of the world. And this is what he says. He says, all these things will I give thee, watch it, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. You, you see what the tempter's trying to do. He's trying to bring Jesus down. And that's what, that's the purpose of temptation. That is the reason it comes. And that's exactly what sin will do. It will bring man down. Doesn't matter who, who it is that gives into it, it's going to bring you down. 
And so we need to recognize that. We, the Bible says, let him that thinketh he stand take heed lest he fall. And falling down can be a, a long trip for some people. But our hero didn't go down. You know, on the cross, he was hanging on that cross, and the Bible says they gathered around that cross, and they said, come down. He said, no, I think I'll stay here. Because there's a bigger plan, and there's a higher ideal, and there's a bigger purpose than giving in to the temptation. In that instance, that was a great temptation because he was in the greatest pain and the greatest situation anybody could ever be in, forsaken of his, his father, receiving all the all that the man could throw at him, all the devil could throw at him, and the temptation, he could have got himself out of that predicament. But he said, no, I, I won't come down. May God help us not to follow temptation down. So I, I want to look back, at, let's start reading verse number one again. And I know this is my second message. I won't repeat what I said last time, but there's just so much here that, that we need because you find somebody that's fallen or down or their life is ruined. You don't, you don't trace the problem to the act of the sin. You trace it to the failure to know how to respond to the temptation. Matthew chapter 4, verse number 1. The Bible says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, the angels came and ministered unto him. I've already talked about how the Bible is such a necessity. I've talked about how Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are. I've talked about the skepticism of the devil when he's coming with all these if statements. If thou be the son of God. This temptation really is also a temptation about faith. It's about faith. It's a, you know, temptation in itself tests our faith. It tests what we really believe is right and wrong. 
And we prove that by how, to, how we respond to temptation. If I could say it in a little different fashion, a man may say he loves his wife, but he will prove that when the temptation comes. You understand what I'm trying to say? Temptation shows what we believe. And all of us only believe as much as we practice, you see. You know, you can say you, you love the Lord, but that, that will be proven whether or not you give into temptation and deny Him or not. You say you love the church, but you, maybe you're tempted to get mad at somebody or mad at God or just, you know, backslide or whatever. And, and mind you, when people, when people quit going to church, they're, they're, they're backslidden. That's just, they're backslidden. And they may say they believe in church, but they don't, they don't really believe in church if church is not a part of their life. We only believe as much as we practice. It's like believing in the second coming, you know. And I wish all the people that say they believed all those left behind movies, I really wish they did believe in the rapture. <laughs> but that's not true. It's just a movie. It's just a nice thing to talk about because the Bible says, if you've got that hope in you, you will purify yourself. In other words, we do not believe the rapture. We do not believe Jesus is coming if we're not purifying us. Because if we really believed that, it would show in our lives. So we only believe as much as we put into practice is what I'm trying to say. I think the people that, you know, subject their bodies to all types of substances and things like that, I, I don't think they think it's going to hurt them. If you really believed that the meth was going to fry your brain, you wouldn't do that unless you're just insane. But see, they don't believe that this is going to hurt me. The, 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 the guy that's a drunk, he doesn't believe that he's destroying his liver. Maybe somebody else's, but not mine. The, the, the guy that's smoking five packs of cigarettes a day, he, don't, he doesn't believe that's going to hurt his lungs. He doesn't believe that at all. Well, I'm just trying to say that Temptation sort of brings to the surface what we really believe. Where our faith really is. And the devil is tempting the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you trust God though you are hungry? Can you believe God and His Word even in the difficulty? Will you really follow what your Father has given you to do? In the way he's given it to you. Or will you take another way out? So I see a great battle of, of faith here. And then I see temptation, not just temptation of faith, but I see temptation is by threes. Three times the devil, and this is, this is theology 101. This is the very simplistic thing that you could say about sin and temptation it's in threes i've already told you there's so many things in threes it has the mark of god on it you know god is three in one you are three in one you are not just a body no there's there's three parts to you is there any wonder there are three different types of temptation Because they are aimed at each part of you. One temptation is aimed at your body. Another temptation is aimed at your soul. Another temptation is aimed at your spirit. 
Matter of fact, if you'll, these three things that the devil comes to the Lord on, hold your, well, you probably can't hold your finger because I want you to grab two places. You only got two hands, but get Genesis chapter three and grab first John chapter two. You see this in the first temptation that the devil used. The devil did the same thing with Jesus Christ that he did to Eve. The same exact thing. And he's going to do the same thing in our lives. Temptation, there's not going to be anything new. It's going to come to you in one of three ways. He tells us here in Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, we find the Bible says in verse number 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was, number one, good for food. What what was the first thing the devil told Jesus to do? Command the stones to to be made bread. I mean, he hadn't eaten in 40 days. You say, well, what's, oh, oh, that's a strong temptation. Just look at us. But it manifests itself in a whole lot more areas than just food. Your, your body wants a whole lot more than food. Hold your finger right there in Genesis 3. Look at 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, the Bible says in verse number 16, 1 John 2, 16, when we were here, we preached on these things. We were going through 1 John. 1 John 2, 16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the what? That's the good for food. It's first in Genesis 3, it's first in 1 John 2. It's first with Jesus' temptation with the bread. Genesis chapter 3. Verse 6, and when the woman saw the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the what? To the eyes. First John chapter 2, verse 16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the what? The eyes. When the devil takes Jesus up to a high mountain and he shows him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of him, he is tempting his eye gate. Look at this, look at this, look at this. Lust of the eyes. Genesis chapter 3, the Bible says in verse number 6, saw the tree was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. 1 John chapter 2, the Bible says in verse 16, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. That last temptation, all those are in the same order, 1 John, as it is in the book of Genesis. He says, don't you want to be like God? Don't you want to be wise? Don't you want to be smarter than your husband is? Don't you want to know something he doesn't know? Oh, there are so many subtleties in that that temptation of the pride of life. All temptation is not the same, but it takes these three areas. What did Satan do with the Lord Jesus Christ? He took him up to the pinnacle of the temple. That's a religious thing. 
And he starts quoting scripture to him. He said, you know, the Bible says that, you know, that with the Son of God, you can cast yourself down and you won't even be hurt because the angels are going to attend unto you. Why don't you just prove that? If he would have jumped off the temple to prove he was the Son of God, that would have been an act of pride, you see. So he's tempting his pride. Are you really the Son of God? Show me. The pride of life. All three areas you're going to be hit with in your life. Let's think about the lust of the flesh. What destroys people is the temptation, not just gluttony and food, but the body also wants comfort. The temptation to be lazy. The body wants to feel good. There you get your pills, there you get your booze. The body wants to be pleased. The body has an appetite. And it is there every day you wake up. (laughs) You woke up today, and I bet nobody had to beg you to go to the refrigerator. Matter of fact, I bet nobody in here, maybe I might be wrong, maybe somebody in here is fasting. God bless you if you are. That's a spiritual exercise that when you're trying to get out of temptation, that's a pretty smart thing to do. But probably nobody here came in here starving to death. You probably found something to eat. I mean, with all us being socked in our homes, amen, and, uh, you know, hard to get out and you can't, some people can't get out, I bet you still found something to put in your mouth. I mean, it could have been a ham sandwich or something that was left over last week, but you got something to eat this week. Even if it was, you know why? Because you woke up with an appetite. Your body said, feed me. But your body just doesn't say, feed you food. It says, feed me pleasure. Make me feel good. That's why we have a world full of immorality, because it is a bodily appetite that says, I need my flesh satisfied. Temptation. Got to be satisfied. And that's why Christianity is such a different thing. It says to deny yourself. You know, I've noticed those Muslims don't deny themselves. They say they do. It's all a a figment of their imagination, but they didn't have any, any problem raping those women. There's nothing God about that. Christianity says deny yourself. Tell yourself no. You know, if if we get in the habit of telling ourselves no, it might be easier for us to say no when the temptation comes. But we're so used to, amen, us always saying yes to ourselves and always expecting others to say yes to us as well. That's why we've got to really train our children. If you always say yes to your children, you're just setting them up to fall to temptation because they've got to learn to say no. We all do. Command that these stones be made bread. When is man supposed to command things? I thought man was supposed to obey. Why are we putting ourselves in? I I want this and this is what I'm going to get and this is what I deserve. How many children don't have a husband or how many children don't have a father or a wife? Because 
a husband left his wife or a wife left her husband or, or they didn't do the will of God and a home's broken because somebody couldn't say no and they couldn't go to their hero that hadn't been eating for 40 days and said, I'm not going to get what my body wants. I want what God wants more than what my body wants. Do you want what God wants more than what your body wants? Now, he's made provision for that. It's not a sin to eat. Thank God for that. He's made allowances for all of that. It's not a sin to experience pleasure. It's not a sin for, for men and women to, to, to enjoy the bonds of holy matrimony. God made a way for all to take care of the needs of your body. And this is the thing about this first temptation. He says, command these stones to be made bread. Was Jesus Christ, was he not going to do that later <laughs> or had the power to? He was making bread, amen, out of the air. You can't feed 5,000 people with a few loaves. He just, he's just making the bread, man. However you want to cut that, he is making bread. He's fabric, And to fabricate enough bread to feed all those multitude of people with just that little bit is just a huge miracle. As making stones into bread. He's got the power to do that, and he will do that, but it's not time. And I'm not going to listen to your suggestion, Satan. I'm going to do it in God's time, not your time. See, there's a time to eat, but it's not when you say devil. Oh, you can boil temptation down to the fact of you doing the devil's suggestions about things that's not time yet instead of waiting on when it's God's time. He saw, she saw that the tree was good for food. The lust of the flesh command that these stones need be made bread. Then the Bible says that he takes him up to this high mountain. He shows him all the, you can see verse number 8. He showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Now this is a miracle. You can go the highest mountain you want to, but look at the text. It says, the devil, take, verse 8, again the devil takes him up in, into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. The devil supernaturally, the devil's got power. The devil supernaturally took the body of Jesus. Now watch this. He, he takes Jesus. You think about that just for a moment. God the Father gave him power, gave him permission to take Jesus' body supernaturally up to a high mountain. God the Father also gave the devil permission to take the body of Jesus and take him up to the pinnacle of the temple. But see, the power of the Satan, though it's strong, though it's supernatural, it is limited. Though he could take the body of Jesus up to the temple, he did not have the power or permission to throw him down. Though he could take the body of Jesus up to the exceeding high mountain and show him all the glory, he could not force him down on his face to worship him. There are things the devil is limited to do, and he's limited to do in the matter of your temptation. You still have the choice. 
You may find yourself in a situation that you didn't plan and you didn't ask for, but you still have the power. The devil doesn't have the power. These people say the devil made me do it. No, you, you did it. Come on, quit, quit passing the buck. <laughs> Just own it. <laughs> I did this. I chose this. This is my fault. Supernaturally, the devil takes Jesus to a high mountain and the lust of the eyes. He says, look, look here. You see Rome? Look, look at the palaces of Rome. Look at Caesar's palace. He, he didn't just show him the kingdoms. He showed him all the glory. Look at all these Roman baths. Let me take you over here to Athens. Let me show you the, the glory of Greece. Look at all this marble. Look, look at all these columns. Look at all this fashion. I'm sure he took it, he showed him the kingdoms of the east. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world. Made him look at it. Look at this. Look how beautiful it is. Look how glorious it is. Don't you want this, Jesus? Lust of the eyes. That literally, what I believe happened, the devil showed Jesus a picture show. How else could he see all the kingdoms of the world? And Luke even goes to far, far to say this, in a moment of time. You know, you find that in a moment in one of the places in the Bible, when the Bible says... Uh, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. However you cut that, that's really fast. He shows him a moving picture of the glorious kingdoms of man. Look how beautiful this is. You know what he does that with a teenager every day in the palm of his hand? He does that with grown men every day with a screen. Every day the devil has a picture show of temptation to get you just to look at something that is beautiful. So you'll say, And if you look at the devil's pictures enough, when you come to church, you're bored to death. Ain't no moving pictures in here. It's just how marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous. Ain't no picture with that. And some loudmouth preacher that gets up and screams every now and then that bothers people so much that they don't want... It's not you, I'm talking about other people. But you're not seeing the picture show. The devil wants you to look at his pictures long enough that you don't want to look at God. And you're not, you, know what, you know what the truth is about God? You can't see him. God doesn't give you any pictures. No matter what the charismatic 
movement tells you. He's not going to come down and give you a picture show so you will love Him and serve Him. You have to do it by faith. Without a picture. Without sight. The devil says, just forget this faith stuff. Just look at how pretty she is. Look at how great this is. Don't you want this car? Don't you want this job? Don't you want their life? Lust of the eyes. Look, look, look. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. (laughs) For the Father up above is looking down in love. Is it that easy? You know, you can't help things that pass your view sometimes, but you can quit looking. i never forget one of the nastiest things I've ever seen in my life. I was on eBay trying to buy some electronics, and I typed in something to buy, and it pulled up a picture of a naked woman with an advertising sell, selling, selling electronics on eBay. I don't know how it got through there. Well, I know how it got through there. Oh, they've got checks and balances. You have lost your mind. You you can't help what passes your eyes, but you can quit looking. I can imagine the Lord seeing all that. Oh, that's, that's beautiful, Satan. But there are some pictures you're not showing me. There are some places you're not letting me see down there in Rome. There are some scenes you don't want me to view in Greece and over in China. There's a crying child. There's a broken-hearted mother. There's a man whose life is at the end of the rope. You're not letting me see all that. You just want me to see the pictures you want me to see. Lust of the eyes. And then the pride of life. Cast yourself down. The pride of life manifests itself in so many different areas. Pride for our success. Pride for our education. Pride for our popularity. Pride in our ambition. Pride even in our family can be a temptation. If the devil can't get you to sin in a heinous thing, he'll get you to sin in a good thing. It was proud Pharisees that crucified Jesus well before Rome was even interested in killing him. Now, when we were in 1 John, we we said, how how am I going to defeat these temptations? Well, and I, I went through the opposite of all those things. What is the opposite of the flesh in the Bible? The lust of the flesh is the spirit. The spirit is contrary to the flesh. So if I'm filled with the spirit, I will have the tools necessary to overcome the temptation of the flesh. Jesus Christ was led of the spirit into the wilderness. He was full of the spirit, so he didn't have to be full of bread. He told his disciples, I have meat to eat that you know not of. I'm full of something else from another world. My appetite is much, much bigger. 
Oh, that we would be filled with the Spirit to have an appetite for God and we would have such a smaller appetite for the things of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. The Bible tells us the opposite of sight is faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. You need to strengthen your faith so that when something comes up in, in front of your eyes, you have enough faith to know that's not all the picture. There's a bigger picture. Oh, but she's so beautiful. Yeah, but you probably won't want to live with her. Oh, but he's so strong. Yeah. Strong enough to throw you to the dirt when he's through with you. Have enough faith to see beyond what your eyes are looking at. Yes, I see the gratification and the, the play and the beauty of this now. Yes, but what about later? And what about when I stand before God? Faith has a longer view than the eyes. Pride of life. I don't have to tell you what the opposite of pride is. That's why when we come to church, really, if God would help us continuously humble ourselves, we would be more equipped to deal with temptation. I see these three things. You can write this down if you want to. I'm not going to be much longer. This first temptation manifests itself this way in your life as it did with Jesus. The first temptation, Satan says, distrust God and do it yourself. Don't, don't trust God. The, does the Bible not say that, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord? Does, does the Bible not say that God will supply all of our need according to His riches in glory, by Christ Jesus, does Jesus really think that God is not going to take care of His food? He's been taking care of His only begotten Son since He was born to the two poorest people He could find. And Satan says, you can't trust God. Do this yourself. How many temptations do we have in our lives the devil's telling us, you know, you, you, God's, God's a little, he, he's behind schedule here. This, this, this is not, he's not with a program. Do this yourself. Command these stones. Command this to be done. Just do it yourself. Figure it out yourself. You see how, you see how that temptation manifests itself? You do it. You take it in your own hands. You figure it out. You grab a hold of, you grab a hold of the horns. You do it. You can't trust God. You can't wait on God. You may be out here another 40 days. Do it yourself. Jesus says, no, I'm not going to do it myself. You know, he never did. At the end of the story, the angels come to him and they minister to him. They bring him his, his, his sustenance. God took care of him. 
So the first temptation is distrust God and do it yourself. The second temptation is presume upon God to make him do something for you. In other words, come on, Lord, if you jump off of this temple, he'll catch you. You know he will. Make him do it. He's not going to let his only begotten son bust his head and destroy his life. Make God do it. First, do it yourself. The second one, presume upon him and make God do it. Force God into doing it. You know what? God's not... God, God doesn't have, we don't have, God's not, not have anything to prove himself to us. He is not our servant. <laughs> the third temptation. Just abandon God and let the devil do it for you. You're not going to do it for yourself. You're not going to make God do it for you. Okay, let me do it for you, Jesus. Isn't that the third temptation? He takes him to sing high mountain. He shows him all the kings of the world. And he says, all these will I give to you. Let me give you something. If you're not going to give to yourself, and if God's not going to give to you, let me give to you, Jesus. The book says, the devil said in Luke chapter 4, all the kingdoms of the world were delivered unto him. They were in his power. You know the Bible says that, that Satan is the God of this world. So this is not a hollow offer. Satan owned all those kingdoms. Well, that'll flip a wig of some of our Calvinist friends. Oh, God's in control of this world. I think the devil's doing a pretty good job myself. Don't blame all this junk on God. I think the devil's in charge of the United States of America. How about that? And Russia, and North Korea, and Great Britain, and definitely Canada. I think the devil is fully in charge. It's they're his kingdoms. But he says, "I tell you what, Lord, Jesus, I'll give you all these. They're mine. I'll give them to you. Hey, you don't have to go to the cross." You're the king of the Jews. You know they don't want you. I'll give them to you. I'll make you their king. You can skip the sufferings. You can skip the cross. You can skip the weight. Your mother doesn't have to be in pain watching you die. You don't have to be forsaken of your father. You don't have to drink all this wicked cup of sin of all these people that all these heathen people have done. I tell you what, Jesus, I will just give you the world. If you're going to be the king of the world, let's just get it on right now. Let's just take care of it. Right now, I'll give you the whole world. Just one thing. What's the one thing you want to be the ruler of the whole world? I want you to worship me one time. Satan craves worship. That's why he doesn't care if people worship. He wants them to worship. Just not God. And a lot of people are worshiping they know not what. They don't even know what they're worshiping. If the devil was right in the midst of their little religious service, they would have no idea. 
Isn't it interesting that the one thing that is the privilege of us to give to God that he doesn't have, and that's our hearts, that's our worship, and that's exactly what Satan wants from us. I really think that temptation is a play for your heart. The devil's trying to get your heart. He's not going to show up that way. He's going to get your heart through a substance. He's going to get your heart through a person. He's going to get your heart through a job. He's going to get your heart through a decision. But he wants worship. I'll give you everything if you just worship me. And Jesus said, It's written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Get thee hence, Satan. Boy, I like that. Get lost, buddy. You just played your real card. You don't care about feeding me. You don't care about giving me all the kingdoms of the world. I'm not even after the kingdoms anyway. I'm after their souls. I'm after their heart. I'm after their lives. And you just want my heart and you can't have it. So why don't you just get lost? Get thee hence, Satan, he says. You know, the Bible says we can do that. Not in our own power, our own strength, but resist the devil and he will flee from us, the Bible says. And I'm finished. But look with me, please, the last verse that I read this morning in Matthew chapter 4. The Bible says in verse 11, Then the devil leaveth him. Isn't that a blessing? You know what happens if you'll respond to temptation the right way he'll leave you now that doesn't mean he won't come back we get that from Luke chapter 4 Bible says that Satan departed from him for a season but thank God for the season (laughs) thank God when he's not around thank God when I can breathe the heavenly fresh air thank God when that darkness and that cloud And that dragon's not praise God that he leaveth him. And when he left him, the angels came and ministered to him. And this is what I want to point out to you. God wants to give us help in our lives. But this is the the truth. And this is the God's truth. He's not going to be able to help us until we give our no. The angels did not come to Jesus until he said no. The angels didn't come to Jesus until he said no. Hit the road, Jack. Get thee hence. When he did that, now the angels come to him. Here's what we want. We want the angels, we want God to come to our rescue and make it all right. And we don't want to go through the battle. And we don't want to go through the denial of the temptation. And we want God just to remove it all. But God says, I got help for you. I got plenty of angels. I I want to minister to you. I want to meet your need. I want to help you. But you have got to look at temptation and say, no, thank you. And if you'll do that, I'll help you. I'll help you. And I'll bring you the bread you need. And I'll satisfy your body. And I'll satisfy your soul. And I'll satisfy your spirit. You don't have to have the spirit of pride. You can have have the spirit of God. 
You don't have to have things that just your eyes see. I can satisfy you on the inside with things that you can't see. You don't, your body, I can satisfy your body. I can... Every one of us have been spoiled to death. Why were we given temptation when God's been so good to us? The angels came and ministered unto him. The devil leaves, the angels come. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The devil leaves, the angels come. Praise the Lord. He's, he is not going to be on your hide forever. Tell him to get lost. Do it. You don't have the power of Michael the archangel, but he said the Lord rebuked thee. I'm not even going to, the Lord rebuked thee. Resist the devil, he'll flee from you. And I guess if he flees from you, the angels will come to you. Preacher, what are you saying? Yes, there's angels. (laughs) Most of them are unawares. God has a lot of ways to meet your need. Don't try to meet it yourself. Don't distrust him. Don't take it in your own hands. Don't presume upon God and try to force him into doing what you want him to do. And certainly don't take the devil's offer. Amen. 